The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Medicare. The very word can trigger confusion for many people. How much do you really know about this program? Welcome to the Whistler While You Retire podcast with Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. I'm Patrice Sikora, and this is actually part two of a two-part series on Medicare. In part one, Tim talked about three of the four parts, A, B, and D. This time, he will delve into part C and the two main options that are available. But Tim, before we do that, would you quickly review the basics of eligibility for Medicare? Absolutely. Normally, it's based upon the beneficiary turning 65. That's usually a big milestone when they're getting ready to celebrate their 65th birthday. If they're no longer employed, perhaps their spouse is also retired, so they need some type of benefits to carry them into retirement. They are eligible for Medicare when they turn 65. Another way to receive benefits from Medicare is if somebody has been receiving Social Security disability benefits for 24 months. So regardless of, of their age, if that is the case, they then also qualify for Medicare into that 25th month of receiving disability benefits. All right. In part one, uh, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it, folks. In part one, we also talked about you may be eligible for the benefits, but if you are still working and covered by your employer, you do not have to take Medicare yet. So go back to part one and listen to that. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we'll certainly cover that in a little more detail here in this episode where we talk about the enrollment periods. All right. Very good. Well, we're talking about now Part C. Tell me about this because I'm looking at your notes and going, oh boy. <laughs> it's funny that you should have that reaction. Most people do. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, you know, it's like every year Medicare provides a booklet called Medicare and You. And um, they don't, I don't think they print them and mail them like they used to, I think, just to keep costs down. So you can always go to medicare.gov and download it as a PDF, which I do every year. And it's about 120, 20-some pages of just pure information. I mean, it's, it's fantastic if, if you're into this. If obviously, if we're not, <laughs> this is just way too much. But no, the, the fourth part of, of Medicare, like you said, is Part C. This is known as, as what they call a Medicare Advantage plan. Right. So- Part C is actually an alternative to original Medicare, and it's also known as managed care. So what a Medicare Advantage plan does is actually bundles together the first three parts that we just talked about. Parts A, B, and D can actually all be bundled together into one plan, which is they, which they call Part C, a Medicare Advantage plan. Hmm. So these plans are available from Medicare approved insurance companies. So again, Medicare doesn't offer these directly. They simply manage and, and set up guidelines that these approved insurance companies must follow. Because again, they, they must cover, these plans must cover everything that Medicare covers. They can't leave anything out. But what these plans do is they'll offer some extra benefits that maybe Medicare does not cover. 
in their plans. For example, dental, vision, and hearing. Those are some three very, very popular benefits a lot of people like to have into their retirement years. Because if you think about the number of years that we've been working, we've been receiving group benefits either from our own employer or maybe through our spouse's employer. And we have access to dental vision and, and those types of things, and maybe even some hearing benefits. All of a sudden now we transition into Medicare and traditional Medicare does not cover dental vision and hearing like that. So, so sometimes we have to go out and maybe purchase a standalone plan to, mm-hmm. to, keep, to, to pick up those benefits. Where, whereas, you know, maybe somebody, if they want to look into an Advantage plan, those insurance companies out there will offer extra benefits like dental and vision and hearing. But now let me ask, it's at an extra cost, right? Well, it, it works a little bit differently. So how these plans work is it's think of them in terms of insurance. Think of, for example, the wonderful world of auto insurance. We're, we're paying those premiums every month, every six months, every year, whatever the case may be, just in case there's an accident, there's damage done to our car, heaven forbid there's some medical expenses needed. You know, Then we have to pay maybe a little bit more because we have a deductible mm-hmm. or something like that resides. Well, with Medicare Advantage plan, the premiums are not necessarily based upon our age like they are with a Medicare supplement plan, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So we can we can have access to these plans for a lot less of monthly upfront cost, but then we simply make payments whenever we need to receive service or care from a doctor or go to the hospital. So for example, they'll, they'll have a list. Like for example, if we go to, maybe if we go to a seminar, seminar or maybe we go to some type of educational event, or maybe we get some type of material in the, in the mail and we're flipping through this Medicare Advantage plan booklet and they'll talk about your co-payments or your co-insurance. Basically, what is your financial responsibility for that particular service or benefit that you're going to receive from a doctor? Um, like for example, preventative services. We kind of talked about that last time mm-hmm. when we were talking about A and B. So for example, preventative services, those are the types of services that when you go see your doctor, maybe uh, the mammogram, the colonoscopy, the flu shot, you know, things that we're going to receive because we're not sick, but hopefully these things will keep us healthy and prevent us from getting sick. Normally preventative services are, are offered at no cost. So that, you know, that's just one of the examples. Okay. Another thing that these plans will do that is a little bit different is that they will use a network of doctors, specialist facilities. Well, that's okay? not terribly unusual though, is it? Not, not so much, not in this day and age, it really isn't. So whenever we're gonna, if, if somebody's gonna consider a Medicare Advantage plan, that's one of the particular details they wanna pay very close attention to because there are different types of Medicare Advantage plans that exist. So for example, we may have heard of the term HMO, Mm-hmm. Stands, stands for Health Maintenance Organization. Well, an HMO plan is a little bit different from another plan that exists called a PPO, Preferred Provider Organization. Okay, mm-hmm. Both of them are Medicare Advantage plans, but both of them work a little bit differently. So for example, when a person's on an HMO plan, everything goes to their primary doctor. Their primary physician must facilitate referrals to a specialist. So for example, somebody is doing some yard work. They maybe get into some weeds that they shouldn't have got into. Maybe they get some a rash on their skin or something like that. They're like, well, I just need to go see a dermatologist. Well, if they're on an HMO plan, they're going to have to coordinate that through their primary physician first. And if their physician can't treat it, then yes, that physician can go ahead and refer them to the specialist. Okay. All right. PPO plans, preferred provider organization. 
basically what that the difference is, is that on a PPO plan, it gives that member a little more freedom because that you can see providers who are not quote unquote in the network, you'll just may, you may end up paying a little bit more for those services. So they're, so the PPO plan is not quite as restrictive as far as the network of providers that you can choose from. Right. Okay. Okay. On the HMO plan, another thing too, that like I always just tell people, there's nothing wrong with an HMO plan. There's nothing wrong with a PPO plan. We just need to make sure that we drill down a little bit deep into the weeds and get into the details. Because for example, when I talked about the network on an HMO plan, if you go to a provider who is not in that network and your reason for visiting with them is not an emergency, guess who pays the bill? <laughs> the entire bill. The entire bill because right. it wouldn't be covered. They're not in network. So, you know, when you kind of lay these two side by side, I, over, over all the years that I've been helping people with Medicare planning, I've seen this miss major transition away from HMO plans, kind of geared more towards the PPO side of things. Again, just for the fact that there's a little more freedom involved with that network. But I think you also have to look into, don't you, the, the providers you have around you. You may not have anybody in the HMO that's near you. That's absolutely right, Patrice. And so that way, again, if we're considering a Medicare Advantage plan, because it looks really, really good on paper. I mean, it really does. The plans are very attractive. Uh, in fact, there is a very strong migration. I, I, I found this article just a few weeks ago that talked about the number of Medicare beneficiaries over the years that are now in some type of Medicare Advantage plan. And in my very first year as, as being a Medicare broker back in 2005, there were 13% of all Medicare beneficiaries on some type of, of an Advantage plan. You know, it kind of makes sense. It's rolling it all in, into one. It, it, exactly right. And then now, as of this past year, there's now 36% in some type of an Advantage plan. Mm. So you're exactly right. It, people like the simplicity of it. They, they, if As long as they've counseled and referred to the directory of doctors and their doctor and any specialist they see in their preferred hospital is, quote unquote, in that network, you know, it's, 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 it's certainly a good plan to consider for their, for their Medicare mm -hmm. uh, benefits. Now, this is all Medicare Advantage, but you mentioned something else there earlier, supplement, Medicare supplement. What exactly. Is, what is that? So when it comes down to trying to decide how do we pick a plan, we started this conversation in the last episode by establishing the four parts, part A and part B. Everything starts with A and B. Mm -hmm. So once we have part A and part B, now basically it branches down to two options. Uh, I actually was corrected one time in giving one of my seminars, a gentleman raised his hand, he goes, there's actually a third option. I'm like, oh, sir, please, please tell me. He goes, you just have A and B. Yes, you're correct. However, you're setting yourself up for some major financial right. surprises. I would caution against that, but yes, thank you for that clarification. <laughs> so it basically just breaks down to two options. A person could go out and have Medicare A and B as their primary and then they could purchase what they call a Medigap plan or a Medicare supplement plan. Okay. So the supplement is the gap. I've been, back in the day, we used to hear about the gap all the time, Medicare gap. Exactly. And, and, and what it's designed to do is exact, it's basically designed to pick up where Medicare leaves behind. So if we think back to when we were talking about part B, part B is your medical care. Medicare picks up about 80% of the costs and leaving behind 20%. Well, that's where a Medicare supplement plan can pick up that 20%. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've got clients who have Medicare supplement plans and I've got clients who have Medicare Advantage plans. Now, obviously not the same time because we only need one plan. But my point being is that of the hundreds of clients that I work with right now, folks can pick the plan that kind of fits 
their personality fits, fits kind of their preferences. So for example, the Medicare supplement plans are broken down into benefits by shock of all shock, also using letters. So Medicare uses parts. <laughs> Whoever thought this out, I mean, seriously, people, come on. We only have so many letters though. Come on, Tim. That's exactly we'll right. Go to the, we'll be going to the Greek alphabet next. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. That may not be a bad idea, but the, Med the Medicare supplement also offers plans with letters. So for example, simply, the, the, you know, like for example, plan F is one of the most popular Medicare supplement plans out there. Maybe mom or dad had one or we're familiar with that. Plan F is basically just designed to show us how the supplement picks up where Medicare leaves behind. Okay. Now gaining popularity is a plan G. A plan G again is just designed to pick up the 20% that Medicare leaves behind. It's just a little bit different than a plan F. So it's just one of those things where if I'm sitting down, I'm cons consulting with somebody and they're talking through and they're like, Hey, I don't want to mess with networks. I don't want to have mm -hmm. to choose, you know, what doctor or hospital I want to go to. I just want to go wherever Medicare is accepted. That might be the plan they want to look at. So then we drill down a little bit further and start talking about the different plans, the plan F, the plan G, et cetera, uh, as far as the different options that are available on a Medicare supplement plan. Well, what differentiates these other plans, F, G, and I'm assuming there's an H in there? Um, the H, no, there's no H, but there's a K, there's an L, there's an N. I mean, goodness, Patrice, it just goes on and on and on. It really, what it does is just, they just d define the benefits that Medicare leaves behind a little bit differently. So obviously the less benefit, the less cost, the more benefit, the okay. higher the premium goes. Mm -hmm. One thing too, to just so everybody's listening here, just kind of understands, we mentioned plan F being pretty much one of the most popular plans out there. Well, unfortunately, let anybody me guess, who's- Let me guess, it's going away. You got it, it's going away. <laughs> so if somebody currently has a plan F, they can keep it, they're fine. They're not gonna get kicked out. But if somebody's aging into Medicare for the first time, you know, in 2020 and beyond, the, the F is not available to them. So that's when we kind of just that's when we kind of just look at the details and hey, let's look at a Plan G as an example, just to give them an alternative to think about if they're considering the Medicare supplement plan. All right. So one of the things too that that I kind of referred to earlier about the Medicare supplement is the freedom to choose. We don't have to really counsel with a network per se. Okay, mm -hmm. that's one of the nice things about a Medicare supplement plan. One of the negatives about a Medicare supplement plan that I've been told over the years is the premiums. You know, they're using statistics of saying, okay, hey, happy birthday. Chances are you might need to see a doctor or a hospital this year. So here's, here's a rate increase. Oh. Okay. Sometimes we can kind of see that trend occurring. So we age into Medicare and all of a sudden, as we know, time passes quickly. We, we go through our 60s. We're into our 70s now. And if we're still in relatively good health, we're still paying those premiums that can increase from one year to the next. So it's just one of the things for, for people to consider, you know, they, they understand that we age, just go ahead and plan on maybe your premium increasing each year that we have that same plan, whether it be a plan F or a plan G. So one of the things about too, that I was kind of share this with people, if somebody is currently on a plan F and they are in good health, this is just a little free nugget of advice. You may want to consider applying for a plan G. And here's why. The only difference between an F and a G is that on a plan F, they pay the part B deductible. They meaning the insurance company. So the insurance company pays that part B deductible mm -hmm. that we have to pay the first time we go see a doctor or have any type of outpatient procedure. On the plan G, the member pays the deductible. 
And in all the years that I've been doing this, when I lay down the premiums, I lay down a sheet of paper side by side and write down the figures for an F premium and a G premium. Most of the time, the client is money ahead on the plan G, even though they have to pay the deductible. It's a lot less premium when you compare it to the plan F. Oh, oh. So when I kind of look a little bit further, I kind of go a little bit deeper than mo what most people will do. If Medicare is no longer accepting new beneficiaries into the plan F, that pool is shrinking. And if we know there's, if there's less and less risk to spread amongst other enrollees, chances are that premium is going to continue to go up. So again, if we're in good health, it may not be a bad time to maybe consider switching from an F to a G. Hmm. And as you go further into the alphabet, do they get, do the plans cover less? I wouldn't say they necessarily cover less. They just cover it differently. Like for example, they might, the further from the alphabet that we get, further down the alphabet we get, they may make you pay for an emergency room co-payment, or they might make you pay a co-payment to see the doctor. Different situations like that is what it really boils down to. All right. So on the Medicare Advantage plan side, now we want to kind of hit on the pros and cons to those plans. One of the nice things about the Advantage plan is that the premiums are not based upon our age. So if somebody's aging in for the first time, or if somebody's going to celebrate their 88th birthday, that premium is set for that plan and it's locked in for that entire calendar year. So it just kind of gives the Medicare enrollee, the beneficiary, a little bit easier time to maybe budget for that. Mm. They, they, don't, they can't make a premium change or a benefit co-payment changes throughout the year. The, the plans can only make changes from one year to the next. And we'll talk about the enrollment periods here in just a second. And in fact, there are many Medicare Advantage plans that offer a plan with zero premium. So you literally can have Again, everything's bundled together. So all your hospital, all your medical, and your pharmacy benefits all bundled together, and you don't pay a premium for that. Why does that not sound kosher? <laughs> well, and you're exactly right. It's that whole that old phrase. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Well, really? because that's not the end of the story. That's just the first half of the story. If we need to use a emergency room service, if we're not feeling well and we are we go to the emergency room, we're gonna have a copayment for that. Okay. If we are admitted to the hospital, we'll have a copayment for that. And, and that copayment will depend upon number one, where do we go? Are we in network or are we out of network? And number two, how many days are we going to be in that hospital? That would determine our copayment. We may have a copayment to go see our primary doctor. We'll have a copayment to go see our specialist. So, so again, for all the different services that are covered on these plans, on all likelihood, we'll have a copayment that we need to pay for those services. So it's one of the things too that we just need to be aware of because with each of these plans, there has to be what they call a maximum out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So when we look at that, Medicare will kind of dictate what is the maximum out of pocket. So for 2020, the maximum is $6,700. A plan can, can never tell a beneficiary you're going to pay more than that. That's the highest it can go. A lot of plans go a little bit less than that. So again, you can, you know, we use insurance kind of for the worst case scenario, right? It's kind of what it is. You're spreading risk with another, mm -hmm. with another entity, an insurance company. So having access to a plan in which we're not being charged a premium per month to have access to that plan. And then we just pay when and if we need to use the services. Some people kind of like that because again, we can budget worst case scenario or all of our hospital and medical benefits according to that maximum out of pocket. If you were to enroll in a Medicare supplement plan and down the road you decide, no, I think the advantage would be better for me, can you switch? That is a phenomenal question. And yes, the answer is you can switch. So 
usually like what I try to tell people is again, when we're introducing somebody for the first time to this, this whole calamity known as Medicare and trying to understand <laughs> this foreign language, <laughs> the supplements and the advantage plans, there's, there's pros and cons to both. In fact, I actually have a household in my book of business where the husband took the supplement and his wife took the advantage plan. It's just because oh. the, the, the way they, the way they like the pros and cons of each. But switching from one to the other, if you switch from a supplement to an advantage plan, usually that path is a little bit easier to travel than switching from an advantage plan back to a supplement. So if we're going to switch, so if we're already on already on some type of Medicare plan, I kind of classify those folks as our Medicare veterans. They're already on Medicare already, mm-hmm. and they want to switch. Well, the Medicare Advantage plan has different enrollment periods throughout the year. Okay, so for example, we're getting ready to embark upon the next annual enrollment period. So October 15th is when it kicks it off and December 7th is when it concludes. So this is the window of time that a person can enroll into or change a Medicare Advantage plan or their Part D drug plan. Okay. And if they fill out paperwork within that window, their new plan will go into effect on January 1st of the following year. So that's a very important part of the year. This is what I, what I really make sure I remind all my brand new Medicare beneficiaries, as well as re- remind my current Medicare veterans that the annual enrollment period is not really a time to kind of blow things off. You kind of want to pay attention because what will happen is the current plan. So if somebody's on the standalone drug plan because they have a supplement mm-hmm. or if they're on an advantage plan, that company will send out what they call the annual notice of change. And basically what that'll say is, okay, Patrice, this is the plan that you had for 2020. If you want to stay on the same plan for 2021, here's the differences. Maybe a a difference in premium, maybe a difference in a co-payment, maybe a difference in out-of-pocket, just different things like that. If the client says, hey, that's okay. I just want to stick with the same plan for the upcoming year. There's nothing they have to do. Their current plan will carry them right over into the next year. But like you say, all of a sudden now we're, we're getting ready to celebrate our 73rd, 74th, maybe 78th birthday. And that MedSup premium just keeps increasing little by little by little. Mm-hmm. This might be the time of year when a person can kind of sit down and start running the numbers and say, maybe I do want to switch maybe from a supplement to an advantage plan. It's just, again, there's a lot of details that go into it. That's why I always really encourage people to kind of think through what it is you want to do. Are, are, are you okay with consulting with a network of doctors? Um, how much traveling do you do? If we're going to travel a lot, maybe we want to make sure that we don't maybe consider a plan where, where networks are, are a key part of our, you know, getting our care. Just different elements like that. By all means, work with somebody that's experienced. Work with somebody who's an independent advisor that can adequately, adequately assess your situation and make kind of the appropriate recommendations for you. And Tim, speaking of that, how could people get in touch with you? They can reach me very easily. Uh, my phone number is 309 309- Two nine one zero four nine one, and of course they can also email me at tim at thewhistleragency.com. Again, there's no T in Whistler, so it's W H I S L E R. And just to review here, this is part two of a two-part series on Medicare. In part one, Tim, you covered A, B, and D when it comes to Medicare. This particular episode covers part C. So by all means, folks, go back listen to part one. And then again, listen to part two. And if you need help, there's Tim for you. That's Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. To subscribe to all of Tim's Whistler While You Retire podcasts, use the subscribe button on this page. And you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora. And let's talk again later. 
Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth, LLC. This presentation is not endorsed or approved by the Social Security Office or any other government agency.